0: I just find so exciting like so exciting and like you know maybe it's all rubbish I don't flipping well know but I won't know until I kind of do it and then come out the other end and it might be there's a kind of a bit that's rubbish and a bit that's super cool about it or it might not be I don't flipping know but I just love the fact that we get the opportunity to like go and try this stuff and find out and see what it's all about.
1: To episode 39 of the Coaching Life podcast, where we peel back the bullcrap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. So, today, another repeat guest, she was on the show a little over a year ago in episode 14. And I was very keen to talk to her then because her journey in this profession had taken some unexpected twists and turns, doesn't everybody's, and certainly her business at the time didn't look much like a conventional coaching practice. I wanna draw on the show as an example of how things rarely do turn out how we think or even plan, if there is a plan, of course. And uh, she said to me recently, yeah. things have changed more since we spoke. And I've noticed that in stuff she's been sharing on Facebook and the like. So she's here today to give us uh, a little update on what's been going on over the last year or so and share what that's all about. So once again, a primal, happy welcome to the effervescent Leanne Brook tyler Hello.
0: Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. Fabulous to be
1: back. Lovely to have you back. Lovely to have you back. You know, you said um, at the end, uh, yeah, the very end of our last conversation something that I loved so much. I used it as the opening of the episode. I listened to that this morning. I thought, yeah, I better try and remember who this Leanne is. Um, So I listened to the last episode and you said uh, right at the end. Uh, quite honestly, it's simpler than that. You said, I think it's just, this is what I'm doing because there isn't anything else that's saying, do me instead. This is what I'm doing because this is what I'm doing. Now, I love the simplicity of that. Um, not quite sure how that fits into any kind of plan. How does that look to you now?
0: Hmm. It's so funny, I purposely didn't listen to that because, as I was just saying to you before we hit record, I'm probably going to contradict so much of what I, <laughs> I said last time. <laughs> Maybe not, we'll see. We'll see. But I kind of almost didn't want to know when I was contradictory, contradictory, what I said last time. So how does it look to me now? I'd say that's probably fairly similar. Um, those, those of your listeners who also listen to my show will have heard me talk quite a bit about how kind of how jonathan's obviously a big part of the business and steers sort of often where we go he's much more of a kind of strategic thinker and a planner than i often am um i tend to be very in the moment he tends to be much more future focused and so when i say i'm just kind of you know doing what i'm doing i think i probably realise more and more over the last year how much that's often informed by what jonathan's putting in front of me quite <laughs> honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Which he he's learned to do in a very kind of like a way that doesn't always make it look like his idea. <laughs> and um, with the way that the business has kind of, I guess, evolved again, has been, I guess, a large a large part of that has been where he's really thought about kind of what would be handy where it would be a really helpful direction for us to go in next, and. Yeah. We've ended up right now, this could well change again, right now we're doing a lot more one-to-one coaching, both of us, than I was doing when I spoke to you last year. I can't remember how much one-to-one coaching I was doing when I spoke to you last. I think it was hardly any. Yeah. Whereas now... I probably, I'd say, at any one time would have about a maximum of maybe five clients at one time. I try not to go more than that because I've got lots of other things I do too, but that's certainly more than what I had when I spoke to you last year, I'm sure, and that has been a fabulous change if you would said to me last year you know would you like to be doing that much coaching at that point i probably would have said no no i want to be doing all these things (laughs) and as it's happened like i love that you know there's so we can really get into that as we talk but there's been so much growth for me personally to be back doing something that kind of how i started which was one-to-one coaching but really being able to see what's working what's showing up for those one-to-one clients what's working with them and then being able to share that with our wider audience our listenership on the podcast our group members and so on and so forth so there's been so much that's come from that that I just wouldn't have expected. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing now.
1: <laughs> you see, now I won't, I won't put you right on the spot um, because, yeah, I have a, a slight advantage because I listened to that episode just what two hours ago, three hours ago, um, and it was interesting <laughs> what you would said about the one-on-one coaching. So, I'm, I'm really curious how that's come about, and I can, I get it that it's probably it probably has been organic if we look at it at that at a certain level. But I'm wondering what it is that with you and what's occurred, you know, in front of you, come to you and Jonathan, that's had that, had that develop and, and come about, and then start to look like actually, you know what, that is something that we want to do.
0: Mm. I think a lot of it because I think going back a year, I don't think we'd change from Born Happy to Primal Happiness that much before no, we yeah. spoke last i, I could be, be wrong because i'm i'm dreadful at remembering when things happened but i think that was fairly soon after we made that change and quite honestly because we were coming from quite a different place than we had before it was like where we, what we had been doing with born happy we'd had the opportunity to kind of work with people one-on-one before we then started to work with people more broadly with that approach when we then kind of did that change and started to work from our kind of way we work now from a primal happiness perspective, we realized we actually hadn't had the opportunity to work with people one-on-one and to see really how, how they take those ideas and bring them to life in their own lives, how they understand them, whether they actually are helpful as a helpful approach. And we realized we actually did need to go back and kind of do the work, in order to see whether this is really the approach that we thought it was so quite honestly that was the reason it was like it's no good for us saying you know this this is it this is this is a really cool thing if we haven't actually gone gone and experimented with that first so that that was the reason quite honestly
1: yeah and that whole experimenting thing came out previously as well so um it's one of the things I love. What what, what I'm curious about here as well um, is because there, there's, there's not many, well, okay, in my vision, there's not many um, people out there in this profession who are working in pairs. There's only a few um, that are collaborating to the extent that you and Jonathan are and I, I I use a sailing analogy quite often actually in conversation with clients and what have you where we can set a direction of where we want to go and you know we get our we get our yacht or our boat or whatever all loaded up and we prepare as much as we can and we know what direction we're going and but all we can ever deal with is the weather um on the day. You know, that's that's all we've ever got is that in the moment. What's what's with us right here and now and perhaps what do we know that's what's the weather gonna be like tomorrow. And we might go off course a little bit and we get an opportunity. We can always choose to go in a different direction or, you know, we reorientate towards our original destination. Um, Perhaps using that analogy or however you want to, however you want to share. I'm curious really what, what roles um, you and Jonathan might, might take up in that.
0: I don't know if I'm going to do justice to it in using the same metaphor as you've just used. So forgive me for that in advance. Um, I'm trying to think how I can do justice without actually just, I'm assuming you're not just looking for our kind of, like, the job descriptions, I'm No,
1: because, I, I, okay, I'll tell you where I'm coming from with that, is um, the one thing that I really get about you, and, you know, to be fair, I've not interacted with Jonathan, but I, I, I sense that with him too from what, you know, you've shared and what I see, is that you both um, are doing what you want to do and um mm. although you know of course there are some things that um <laughs> you mentioned on our last last uh last conversation that sometimes you have to eat the shit sandwich right you were quoting somebody there um and that's certainly true so it's not like you know for for um all 17 hours i'm awake every day i'm i'm you know i'm not in deep joy and and doing absolutely everything that i'm or, or loving absolutely everything that i but that i'm doing but there is that sense of joy enjoyment being enjoyed that we're doing what we want to do and we're heading in the direction that we want to go um and to me it's like it's 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 incredible perhaps luck fortune whatever that you can work with somebody and both perhaps want to be going in the same direction so I'm wondering mm-hmm. how does that all work
0: gotcha no that's uh, thank you for that that's really helped and it's funny because that's pure chance. The conversation we're having just before we hit record, which I think we'll get into about kind of choosing your struggle is, is actually very similar to the uh, shit sandwich analogy that we talked about last time, which I had. I think it was uh, Dave Buddha that was, I think was talking about that there. And it's very similar. It's a strange coincidence has happened both times before I've gone to record with you. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what's going on there. Weird. Um, but going back to your question, yeah, I think... In terms of if you looked, I suppose, zoomed out and looked at the stru- the structure of how Jonathan and I work together, I think, yes, I think the direction we're going in, it just happens that we seem to want to go in the same direction. Even though that direction's actually changed quite a bit over time. We seem we sort of check in and sort of, you know, is this still the direction we want to go in? Yeah, it is, cool. So I've no idea why that is the case. It just I guess it happens sometimes that, you know, who knows, maybe there is a sort of grander plan behind all of this and we were designed to do this and work together. I don't know, but I don't think you can probably make that happen. I think it was just one of those fortunate things that we kind of both saw that we wanted to do similar things. And then within that, we are both kind of good at and enjoy fairly different things. And so that works really well that we can both kind of specialize in the things that we are better at and enjoy most but then within that as you were just saying there's things that we both do that aren't necessarily the things we like love doing but they are the uh the article that I was just referring to was uh one by Mark Manson and it's about whatever you do in life you know whether that be coaching whether that be a corporate career whether it be something else within that there'll always be a struggle and it's kind of recognizing oh I am choosing that in order to do this thing that I'm doing I don't even know what to call it a coaching thing or whatever it is but within that there's stuff that I'm choosing and I'm choosing it because that is what I'm doing if I wasn't choosing it, I'd be doing something else instead I'm recognizing that that's the struggle that I'm choosing um I think it's helpful and so you know within that as I say there's stuff that I love doing that. I get to do the stuff that Jonathan loves doing that he gets to do, and then there's like struggle stuff that neither of us really want to do, but we kind of accept it as part of the deal.
1: And um, some people might call that being disciplined. You know, as we we mentioned just before we <laughs> hit record, that's that's funny, really, um, how these things. I'm sure you can relate to this as well. With perhaps uh, you know your your podcast when you're talking to guests, and you can very easily get drawn into the juicy stuff. You think, whoa, 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 hang on a second. <laughs> Um, we should be recording this, but yes, as we we touched on this, and I and I and I I don't know who it was that said it, it might have been Michael Neal, but I'm 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 using it anyway um, about discipline because from what you've said it it, it it's like it feels to me that um, sometimes to continue moving in the direction because things crop up with with everything that we that we want to do there are you know, or a given direction we want to sail shall we say, that we have to deal with um, some unsavory weather, perhaps. And we could just give up or go in a different direction or whatever. But I think, like I said, I think it was Mark O'Neill who'd said, being disciplined is simply remembering what you want. Um, And I love that because it's like, well, discipline is not actually in and of itself a thing. It's not something that you have; it is just a remembering, a remembering what you want so as the, as these things crop up and we notice, yeah, this is a struggle, and this is what you're, this is what I'm hearing you say that it's remembering that yes, I'm choosing this because of what I want
0: mm. yeah, I love that, and I think that's probably I mentioned again just before we started recording <laughs> i'm uh, reading a, an old book by Jim rohn uh, at the moment, and in it he talks about. He's very old school and he's probably in the very early days of the kind of whole, you know, personal growth, personal development world. So a lot of what he says isn't new. And in some ways, probably a lot of people kind of like almost moved past the stuff he's talking about. But I still I've still found it quite interesting to read. And he talks a lot about having understand the reason you're doing whatever you're doing. And I must admit, for me personally, I often struggle with that. Like, I don't often have this, like, very clear reason I'm doing anything. I'm Again, a bit similar to what I was saying last night. I just do what I'm doing. And however, it is actually really helpful for me to kind of take a step back now and again and remember that. Because I can really lose sight of that and just be really in the detail and think, oh, I hate doing this. I don't want to do it at all. And so for me personally it's helpful because i've got jonathan who's very kind of you know he's he's very big picture thinker very focused often on the vision the reason we're doing things and so if i'm not able to recall myself the reason i'm doing something at least i've got him to kind of remind me like hey hey you know it's because we want this that's why we're doing this thing now and that for me is enough to then kind of go oh yeah yeah that makes complete sense okay back on the back on the train and um so I think that's exactly it it's not a case of kind of I need to be more disciplined, need to be disciplined it's just remembering why the freak you're doing whatever you're doing just makes it so much easier so it kind of ties in really beautifully to what we were saying just now which is obviously the reason you said it it's kind of recognizing that there will always will be this stuff the struggle stuff that's not particularly nice but if you if you recognize the thing the sort of the the macro thing you're choosing is you're choosing that for a reason hmm. And this struggle part's just part of it. It's not worth getting hung up about too much. It's just, if you really want that bigger thing, you do the struggle thing too.
1: And what's fascinating as well, I I love how this happens, by the way, like two posts um, occurred to me, admittedly one of them you'd suggest that I take a look at. It's a wonderful um, post in uh, Anchors Jane's um, group um, by Jill Whalen talking about you know a coaching business isn't a thing you need to have um and you know that's a that's a fabulous place. and for any of our listeners that are in that group i'll, link, I'll include a link because it's definitely worth worth a read and and the group is a great group to join anyway if you're on facebook yes, and uh interested in coaching fabulous group Um, But then there's another post that popped up um, by the wonderful, wise Steve Chandler, where he talks about how Elvis Presley, um, it looks like from the outside, perhaps he had this big dream. Whereas in actual fact, his dream um, at the outset was simply to create a record for his mother. And everything came from that so that we don't need to have a big dream. And uh, and again, (laughs) I'll include the link to that because um, that 's definitely worth worth a read, and to me that 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 second post again is just a reminder and, and 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 indeed jill is in in fact in in many respects pointing to the same thing of simply doing what we want to do um, yeah. We can get caught up into the big dream we can get caught up in you know what jill was saying in you know, as is not necessarily being caught up into creating a coaching business. Because really, you know, what a business isn't a thing that actually exists anyway. I think, you know, you can get caught up into trying to create something that doesn't really exist and get distracted from um, doing what you enjoy, doing what you love, and um, being of service and helping people. And then, you know, what, what's to be created will, will come about as a, as a result of that. And again, that's what the post that Steve had posted about. Elvis just loved to sing. And he sung with all of his heart, all of his being. And everything was created from that. So I thought those were two fantastic examples.
0: Mm. It's it's funny because on the one hand, I kind of want to go, yeah, yeah, totally, that's that's uh, that's definitely how I see it. And then I have this other part of me that kind of goes, and yet. And it reminds <laughs> me a bit of um, uh, an episode I recorded recently with J.P. Morgan, um, where he was kind of showing that kind of the way that... I guess, peace and purpose, or mm-hmm. sorry, not peace and purpose, peace and production Can are actually almost the ways that we can choose to operate in the world or ch- ways that we can kind of, we can create both. And they don't necessarily have to be one or the other. We can kind of have both in our lives. And I definitely can kind of like move between the two where you sort of think, yeah, just kind of like letting it all go, showing up and showing that way, not b- buying up buying into our stories and you know knowing it's all an illusion and just doing what we love i think you know we absolutely can do that and then on the other hand i totally think we can really choose to be kind of consciously creating and doing all the things that occur to us that would allow us to be more powerfully producing and creating and to me, they they can both coexist and sometimes they look quite different. Sometimes it does look to me like all I, all I need to do is just do what I love. And other times it does look a bit more like it's not quite as free flowing and as sexy and lovely. You know, like I don't I couldn't just say, actually, all I'm doing is doing what I love right now. I'm not actually. I might be doing something quite kind of more methodically and not really enjoying it, but doing it because I know that will really help me create the thing I wanted to create. So I kind of think like, yes, and this seems to be going on for me too.
1: Yes, and come on, Leanne, surely us having this conversation is the pinnacle of anybody's uh, profession and desire, come on. (laughs) Um, So, and I love those two, those two episodes you did with JP, absolutely love that, and and here's Here's the danger in anything that we point out well context in it in and of itself is always important, but um it's I guess it's how literal do we take what it is that we're talking about. so if you ask me what do I love doing um I love walking beach walks, walking, and you know lazing around for a couple of hours a day, perhaps reading in the sun I haven't found anybody who will pay me the kind of money that <laughs> that, that that I want um to enable me to do all the other things that i want to do it's unfair
0: isn't it it's really unfair well
1: so here's the thing if that really (laughs) genuinely was all i wanted to do i probably could find a way of doing that Mm. if that was genuinely all i wanted to do um but of course we can come up with so there is that micro thing about well there is this thing i want to do but we all want more than just one thing so when we look at the whole picture how do we want our lives to be? And this is the thing I really got and love about JP. It's like, he, he does seem to like, look at that macro piece, step back and look at, you know, your life. What's the life you're creating and who do you need to be? Who will you be in that life? That was what I really heard from that. And right. again, it, 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 I think it still comes back to the same thing in remembering that, remembering that you want that. Cause I can get caught up in my desire for drinking cold beers on Greek beaches, but that's not in alignment with a bigger picture. Of how I want yeah. my life to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. You just called to mind something else that um Jim Rowan was saying in this book, which was how did he say it? Hang on. It's just completely like it's gone from like in my mind just gone. Um He was talking about Oh my goodness, it has literally just disappeared. No, no, I've got it. I've just, just as I said, it came back. So he was talking about having goals and things like that, which typically now, you know, like I'm, I sort of feel like I'm so over having goals, but one way or another, I guess we do have them. We might just like sex them up and use different words to like represent basically what you still could call a goal. And um, and I have been through periods of my life where I didn't have goals at all, just to be clear. But i kind of, I suppose I've come to a place now where I, I suppose I do have them. I just don't necessarily always call them goals. And um, he said something, I think it's actually quite a classic quote of his, um, and he probably says it in different ways, and the way he said it in this book was something along the lines of the thing about goals isn't so much about, you know, us achieving them and that kind of that big success. It's who we need, who, who will become in order to and not even again to make it happen but it's who we're becoming to create that that success so the kind of success in some ways is irrelevant they're like achieving the goal is irrelevant it's like who we're becoming in order to even like want that not even do it but even want that even try and make that happen and I love that the way it is because I think we so forget that that's really all that's ever going on like we sometimes look at the stuff we've created out there, whether that be a book or the house we live in or the relationships. But all of that can be taken away. But like who we've become, who we are, is that kind of thing that we could like. It's almost like a, um, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's that kind of, it's that resource that's not really ever going to go anywhere. We can kind of keep building again. You see that with entrepreneurs, you know how you see someone who kind of cracks it creates a successful business then loses everything but then creates another one another one another one It's because it's who they've become yeah who they've become allows them to do that and so the business itself isn't valuable it's who they've become that's valuable
1: yeah beautiful i love that i love that so a natural question that's going to come out of that leanne is um a little bit of self introspection perhaps here for you What's different about you now than perhaps a year ago? Wow.
0: Um, That's particularly challenging for me because I can never bloody remember how I was a year ago. I struggle to remember what I was like a couple of weeks ago. I shall try, Phil, for you, I shall try. Um, I guess what's different is, I'm trying to, like, reflect on it from a perspective of, you know, what we were just talking about, as in not necessarily what I'm doing, because I could answer that fairly easily, and I, I think I already have, but how I have changed in order to do that. I think it's funny, really, because I I would I think I have often being described as a very open person like very open-minded very willing to try things and to experiment so it's difficult to say oh i'm even more open-minded or something like because i kind of already was but i was thinking particularly with coaching um i definitely a year ago had some quite set ideas in terms of like for example who i'd want to coach how long i'd want to coach them for and that's changed so much. Now I'm recognizing like, I actually don't have the first clue. Every time I think I know it changes again. So a year ago, uh, a coaching client that I took on coming up to a year ago, she almost had to convince me to work with her because I was so kind of like, I don't really want to coach coaches. That's just like not where it's at for me, yeah. and I just don't really want to be part of that whole kind of coaching coaches coaching business um and uh i was so I was so certain about that like I said was all, I would have at the point then where I was kind of actually would have said no to coaches who wants to be coached, and now I think not it's certainly not all, but I'd say probably at least half but maybe the majority of my clients are coaches <laughs> and i Bloody love coaching them. They are like so, I mean, they're generally people who are like, you know, really focused on their own growth, really willing to experiment and to take action. They're usually really like cool, interesting people. Like, they're, they're usually doing really cool things in the world. So, they've ended up being like, oh, that's just been like totally different <laughs> exactly to what I thought. <laughs> okay, whereas now, they're the, they're the clients I absolutely love. And so, it's um, I guess like who I am is someone that's kind of I guess even more willing to see that actually most of the time I don't have have the first clue about what's really going on in life and what I really do and don't want because that may well change again. And I think now realizing you know the stuff that I can have like real clear ideas about I don't like that I don't want that like I'm wrong over and over and over again. And I've, like, that's happened so many times now. Like, it's (laughs) just who I am. I'm, like, someone that, like, knows that they're often really wrong.
1: (laughs) And that's liberating, I think. I I find that liberating. I really relate to what you just said, all all of that, in fact. And, um, you know, it it amuses me um, (laughs) in that... uh, so I I noticed you know all the work I've done with Robert Holden one of the things he he's helped me see is to notice notice the judge or notice the judgments but also to know that I'm—I don't have to be that judge. So to me, it's like my my judgmental thoughts of what's going on in a profession, and um, I just notice them for what they are. They're just thoughts, just passing through, rather than um, indeed believing that that's actually part of who I am. You know, I yeah. mean, I can't be my thoughts because I'm—I'm I'm the one—I'm the one that the thoughts come through. You know, um, yeah. so I and I and I and I notice this thing that has me chuckle and. Um, I used to get involved in debates and whatever, but now I'm like this happened very, very recently on a on a Facebook thread, and it just got to the point where where I just said, "Okay, bruv, like, that that was it. Um, I'm done because uh, it's I, I guess here you go the judgmental." guy and me we're calling the evangelists where we come across something that seems to make complete sense and this is true this is everything that's uh this is going to bring world peace and everything this is the only thing you need to understand and there is just this one truth everything else is made up everything else is made up but apart from this this one this this no no this is true and I think I don't know that the the longer I'm here on this earth one thing I do see is that doesn't matter how strongly something appears to look real and true for me. I don't know that we ever really can know. I mean, perhaps the the example that's often given is people used to believe the earth is flat and all the evidence now suggests the earth is round. And it might seem a bit weird, but can we really know? It's like, okay, there's evidence suggests the earth is is round. Um, And so many people claiming truth kind of just has me chuckle because i get it that um at some point or other there are, there are lots of things that have been claimed as true throughout humanity that have been proven otherwise and i just think our our, our record on that is pretty appalling and as you as you've pointed to so so yeah it kind of amuses me whatever it is about whatever it is about and even though it could be something that i see yeah that also looks very true to me I'm also seeing that it's still an idea because that's all we've got. We can only ever have ideas.
0: Mm, I love that. I love the example you just gave about the uh, Earth being flat, and it's. I think it becomes often this very convincing illusion that if you've managed to disprove one supposed truth, then the next truth must be sort of like more truthier than the original truth, without recognising like exactly the same thing could happen again. And, right. uh, it's um. I love that. Funnily enough, I was um, talking to one of my uh, coaches, coaching clients um, recently about something similar where she'd come from a background of a more kind of traditional kind of therapies. Then she came across the principles and did various trainings and that and kind of gone like, and I think this is a very typical journey that people go on, kind of like that, whatever the original thing they did, whether it be NLP hypnotherapy, whatever, you know, that is like, earth is flat stuff you know there's no (laughs) truth there then come across the principles like that's the truth that's the truth that's the one and only truth and she's now coming to this place and again it's very fair very recently where she kind of like can see like oh there can be truth here there can be truth here and there can be truth in all these other places too we don't actually have to pick a side we don't have to kind of put all our eggs in that basket or that basket we don't have to there's no reason to and um I love I love watching people sort of start to see and even that's not a truth you know you could get witty to that as a truth but well,
1: truth in itself truth in itself is an idea also
0: that's mm, that's exactly. that's what I see yeah it's all just stuff floating on by like, <laughs> that's all it really is and um it's and I think it's as you said you know you can I see that at a personal level you know as I was describing with who I choose to work with as clients, or even how you choose, like I could also give you a whole thing where I didn't want to work with people for as long as three months, because I just thought, oh, it will just be too boring. And like, you know, after a few sessions, I won't really want to work with them. (laughs) (laughs) And now three months is like the minimum. And it kind of feels like kind of, and typically if I do take on a client for three months, I would al- almost, that always ends up renewing at least mm. once, sometimes more. So it's that, that to me, again, is another example. I could give you absolutely loads. We could spend the whole show talking about things that I've realised. I've up about myself. But anyway, that's just another example. And um, so, again, we can see that at a personal level, but we can also see that at a world level, like everything that's going on, we can be wrong about. And, uh, yeah, it, it kind of delights me now just to see, like how how wrong Uh, again i can only talk to me personally but like how wrong i get it all (laughs) over and over and over again i made a post
1: once this is a few years ago now probably one of my memes and it said something like i'm open to any belief i have today becoming myth tomorrow and uh steve hardison wonderful as he is commented on it it just made me laugh he said what takes you so long (laughs) yeah so so and you know so i i um had some pretty crappy experiences towards the tail end of last year and a a friend of mine gifted me a a a session with his coach actually and then that in and of itself is an absolutely beautiful gift um forever grateful for that because that was certainly a turning point because i started to see in that conversation um that what the coach at the time was 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 um, helping me see was that even some of my most noble ideas in some way or another were still having me suffer. Mm. That's exactly how we describe. It. Well, that's a very noble idea you have about love, but even clinging on to that idea, that belief and, and feeling that is true in some way or another, you are suffering from that belief. And yeah. this is why I can see in that. So th- it ends up just being fun actually and noticing the belief the beliefs that we that we hold on to i often often suggest that um i'm I'm more fascinated by the strength of somebody's conviction than the content of it
0: yes yeah i love that it also what you just called to mind there was doing you probably find similar as a podcast host and interviewing people that come from like so many different walks of life but Mm -hmm. more have really different convictions and some of them you know are very very firm in their convictions which is awesome because it tends to make really interesting shows (laughs) and um and often they contradict previous guests and uh i i love that i love the way that and it's not again it doesn't mean necessarily that they're wrong or that that's true there's kind of like there's cool stuff and truth and things you can benefit from it all of it and um an example of that recently was I had a chap on, I think it was last week, it went out uh, talking about sex. And a lot of what he talks about is based it, it based on evolutionary theory. But even that, which is something that we have a lot of guests talk about on the show, because a lot of what we do is got grounded in kind of what, how humans operated for most of our history and what we can see is true today. And people that still live in those ways. And even that he rooted it a lot of what he said in evolutionary history. And then just by pure chance, I started reading a book called Sex at Dawn, which is, I don't know if you've come across it. It's, um, it's, it's a a, a big book again, really rooted in evolutionary history, but the guy comes to quite different conclusions. (laughs) And, uh, uh, in essence, the kind of the, I guess the big sort of, the big difference is where the chap I held on last week, and again, really cool stuff he said. I'm not in any way diminishing what he said. And I know a lot of listeners got a lot out of it. But he was talking a lot about kind of why men and women are attracted to each other and also attracting to have, attracted to having sex with each other all year round. It isn't really about procreation. So his, his arguments about that... were very contradicted in the book, which argues for the case that we're just not naturally monogamous creatures we're much similar to bonobos where it's kind of like a bit more of a free for all. And it's quite a matriarchal science society. There isn't this kind of worry about who's the daddy, you know, like no one cares, you know, everyone's cool. Everyone kind of has sex when they want and it's really free and easy. And he gives really, again, ironically using very similar evidence, but you're coming up with a very different theory off the back of it. And um, it was just another example of, you know, I could get really wound up and like, well, which is true, which is true. <laughs> they're probably, you know, actually, probably both have got truth. There's hmm. probably, you can probably find examples where that's going on in one place and that's going on in another place, and they're both true. Um, and so I love that. For me, it's kind of like constantly almost being like forced to examine my own beliefs and my own judgments and my own convictions and i love that it kind of it feels like it's almost like i get it back in the boxing ring and have like my beliefs like smash the hell out of me on a, on a weekly basis and then like go back in the ring and get it know, all over yeah again.
1: beautiful beautiful because I, I mean i think <clears throat> if i were to answer the question i asked you i i i know that what i I've, I've seen perhaps not 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 um I don't know the beliefs my beliefs themselves have actually changed. I mean, um I've I've certainly become clearer on what I want, but um what I am just seeing more and more of is the I guess the fallacy of any belief. It's like, you know, the the this word truth that keeps propping that keeps popping up. Um think we take that as as something that's like mutually exclusive mm. and as you said maybe that maybe there is just more than one truth what if truth doesn't have to be mutually exclusive of of anything else that's mm. just a version of uh something yeah. that's going on and uh you know my, my friend uh i have a friend now who used to talk about all this we did our apprenticeship together some yeah many years ago um and uh, we used to talk about all this kind of stuff, and back then I didn't really get it, but he, he always has. He's already got it, always, always kind of understood that, that if, there's, if we live in an infinite universe and there are infinite, perhaps parallel universes going on, then for every truth there has to be like an opposite of that that is, that is also true and everything in between, mm. because otherwise it couldn't be infinity. It's kind of mind-blowing, really.
0: Yes, it really is you um, call to mind actually, um, I suppose it's most exemplified, probably in the art of war, but it's it's grounded in uh, Taoism. But um, in the art of war, Sun Tzu talks about similar, as in that kind of ancient Chinese way of of seeing things was to recognise that those sort of two things coexist. And the more you can kind of allow your mind to take in both the more powerful position you're going to be in, because you're not you, you're not taking a side. You're kind of seeing this thing in its entirety, seeing how both things are true, and then working with that. And yeah. um, I love that. And it, it's I think as humans, we're typically quite tempted to pick a truth and take a side, but I don't think we have to. No, I really don't think we have to. I don't, I'm not saying that like we all shouldn't either, because I think that'd be quite boring too. <laughs> but I, think, I, think, I I love the fact that we're kind of All things can be happening. We can have people taking this side, we can have people taking this side, and we can have people taking the sideless side.
1: Yeah. 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 To me, in the moment, this is how it looks. And it might not look like that tomorrow. Or even in the next moment, if you're Steve Hardison. Yeah. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. So, um wonderful conversation. I had no idea we were going here, of course, which is which is just brilliant. (laughs) So, uh, let's get back to to your business um because yeah you've given us um, we've touched on kind of what is different what is uh you're doing more much more one on one coaching. Has anything had to fall away for that to happen if I take a step back and look at the business that you and jonathan run what what is different about that
0: mm, that's a great question it's at the moment, yes. Things have had to fall, not necessarily fall away entirely, but the time that we, for example, spent working on the business is kind of being squeezed a bit as a result. So I only work part time anyway. And then, kind of, if you sort of put the time I spend in sort of three broad categories, it would be the podcast would be one chunk, coaching would be one chunk, and then kind of working on the business would be the third chunk. And it's as a result of increasing that one-to-one coaching, the working on the business bit is definitely being squeezed down a bit at the moment. Probably as things evolve, that's likely to change. I'll probably maybe do a bit less one-to-one coaching and probably a bit more of working on the business. But I think right now we're comfortable how it's going you know it would be nice to have a bit longer a bit more time to work on the business but it, it's kind of working and i think you know we can keep keep sort of you know tweaking the dials up and down i don't tweak dials up and down do you what do you tweak <laughs> up and down Even, i don't know those things um <laughs> um it's gonna make no people that are listening or have no clue what i'm doing Phil knows what i mean um yeah it's kind of this is stuff that again, we can continue to experiment with and make little changes to because we choose it. You know, we, we get to design this stuff and I'm always interested in how other people are choosing this and doing it for them. Not because I am necessarily thinking, Oh, I'll go out and copy this, but just recognizing how, how we do get to choose this stuff. You know, I get to choose that at the moment I only want to work with a maximum of five one-to-one clients. Other people, and I've, I've asked in groups, other people were working with, I don't know, like, I think i heard someone saying like 13 to 17, I think yeah. she said, which is like blows my mind. Um, and uh, I think, I don't know. I think probably I'll end up maybe in the future only working with maybe three so that I've got a bit more time. And again, this is, again, this is a choice. Even the amount of hours mm. I do is a choice. I choose to do that so I've got more time to spend with my children. And... Uh, I, I love the way that we can proactively and consciously choose to create the life and the coaching. And I love the fact, you know, that you call this coaching life because it is just how you're creating your life. Coaching's an aspect of it, but the ultimate is how you're creating your life. And um, I love that the fact that you can consciously create that and constantly fiddle with it and like move those whatever those things that are not yeah, agile, the sliders or whatever
1: it. yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean I, so I have like this I, again it's recognising what's, what's ideas even though it might feel like it's true just recognising everything as simply an idea so for me I tell myself well I don't want any more than seven one-on-one clients and a maximum of those um, two coaches and um, I guess one guy I'm working with now, he could call him a coach, but he's much more of a consultant, business consultant and trainer. So I don't count him as a coach. But I have this idea that, nope, I'm not going to work with any more than two coaches one-on-one. Um, but do you know what? Who knows? Because um, I know sometimes I think, oh, going out to eat tonight, I'm going to have the mushroom stroganoff and the creme brulee for dessert. And I get there and the menu's in front of me and I choose something completely different in that moment. And that's mm-hmm. kind of just how life looks to me how yeah. life looks to me.
0: I can't even remember if I you, answered your question, Phil. Did I? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> and I was trying to remember no, what I the question I was.
0: I, I'm pleased with that. I did. You asked me how Watts well, had to fall away as a result of increasing the one to one coaching. I, I think yeah. I did a good job of answering <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was another question I wanted and it's also gone. There you go. Maybe I need more practice at, at this thing i I do think it's not there's not a question here, but maybe something you can speak to, and you've already touched on it, but I was thinking, God leanne, you're a wonderful guest to have for anybody to have because you as as we all do, but yours in particular, you get such a um a unique view on so many things um because of all the guests you've had hundred and however many it is seventy whatever um he get and I like I say, I listen to most most of your episodes, not all of them, but most, certainly most of them. And uh, I know I touched on this last time, but it seems even more the case now. I love the diversity of the guests. I love I love the diversity of the guests, and 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 again, it, it I guess what fascinates me about that is indeed what we've what we've spoken about here is seeing i'm cautious about buying into a particular idea but i'm fascinated with different ideas if that makes sense
0: mm. yeah well i've got a great example actually i think that i know it wasn't a question but i, I know the kind of area that you're uh, yeah. you're going in there and i've got a guest that i've just agreed is coming on the show in a couple of weeks and it's a numerologist which mm. if you'd asked me a couple of years about numerology i'd say it's probably a load of looks really Mm -hmm. you know like like really how can your name have any real effect on like your life in the course of your life and then and i probably over the last couple of years definitely become more and more open to like actually there's just so many cool things going on in the world and cool ways that like this stuff that looks a bit like truth shows up that like and that i You know, why not explore it? Why not be open to it? So, you know, a lot of the guests we have on the show are doing their own weird and wonderful thing. And there's something about it that is useful or is really interesting. And he's a great example. So I got in touch with him because actually one of my clients went to see him and had a session. And I've been talking to her a lot about uh, something called Gene Keys, which I think I mentioned on the show I did with JP Morgan that we were just talking about. And is too big to go into at the moment. It's based on things like sacred geometry, and I suppose you could say, in a way, it's numerology. And so she'd gone to see this numerologist, had an amazing session with him just said he is awesome you would love him see if you can get him on the show so got in contact with him invited him to the show he said yeah I'd love to do it and I said like what about if you did me a kind of like live reading mm-hmm. on the show wow. so they kind of like listeners get to hear me being like numerologized <laughs> <laughs> as well as to find out about you know the what's and why's of it so he's totally up for doing that so in a couple of weeks that's what I'll be doing and that I, I just find so interesting. Exciting, like so exciting. And uh, like, you know, maybe it's all rubbish. I don't flipping well know, but I won't know until I kind of do it and then come out the other end. And it might be there's a kind of a bit that's rubbish and a bit that's super cool about it, or it might not be. I don't flipping know. But I just love the fact that we get the opportunity to like go and try this stuff and find out and see what it's all about.
1: Yeah, experiment and explore. Um, Great. I think that's a great summary actually of of where. what you've been up to and um, that's how it certainly looks to me is is that willingness to, to continue to explore like if you ask me i agree with you the numerology and it's the same thing we see this m- mercury retrograde popping up and whatever and um there's plenty of things like that astrology even i sort of think now i don't know i believe that but then some of my friends have had uh chart readings and stuff and it's like oh my god that's amazing so it's like i think yeah Maybe just maybe there is something in in any of it. Who knows? There could be something. There could be something in any of it. or It could just be baloney. I, I've I've really no idea. But I'm fascinated by um, again by the ideas, by the ideas around mm-hmm. it all. Leanne, we're pretty much out of time wonderful conversation had no idea where we were going to go um, I think we have had a bit of an update from you but um, it's always an absolute pleasure I just love your playfulness your willingness to explore how real and open that you are even even more open now apparently um, <laughs> Yeah. so um, thank you for um, yeah for for reaching out contacting me again and saying hey hello and um, and for coming on taking your time today
0: Oh, you're so welcome. It's been a blast. and Yeah, we've we've been all over the shop, haven't we? So, uh, loved it. Thank you so much, Phil.
1: What a super delightful revisit to the podcast by Leanne Brooke-Tyler. This conversation didn't turn out anything like I had imagined, which, of course, I love. One of the things that's prominent about Leanne is her willingness to experiment and explore, as well as responding to whatever shows up in the moment. This turned out to be a fascinating discussion around beliefs and truths, as well as an update on what Leanne and Jonathan are up to in their business. A great conversation around what they, and indeed all of us, are choosing to do. Leanne reminded us, we're choosing whatever we're doing, always. There might be stuff we don't want to do, perhaps, but we're doing it, so we are choosing it. Leanne and Jonathan are running the business they want to run, adjusting and experimenting as they go along, testing to see what works. There's loads in this episode to take away, but if you just take away a little inspiration to experiment and explore more, I'm sure that will help you in whatever you are up to. And on that note, I'd love to hear from you, either by making direct contact, messaging, email, or joining the Facebook Coaching Life podcast group. Would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please do pop along over to iTunes and leave a brief, honest review. It will take less than a minute and help other people like you find this and get an opportunity to enjoy these conversations too thank you once again for listening until next time i wish you much love and joy Which
0: <laughs> oh Jonathan always says the best shows are the ones where I like well they, they start with laughter, so maybe it's not a bad thing.
1: Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> I could never ever do live TV. I don't think. Well, maybe I could. I don't know.